hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. This week, we're going to talk about Indigenous tourism. There's been a steady increase in the interest of Indigenous tourism in recent years. So we'll discuss that and learn about a few of the places to visit around Alberta with Indigenous Tourism Alberta. Plus, we'll head to Aspen Crossing. It's located just southeast of Calgary to see what it's like to stay in a caboose cabin, which I think would be a lot of fun. Plus, we'll find out about all the other things that they offer. But we're going to start everything out talking about what travel will look like post-COVID. So we're very pleased to have Susan Caddo travel correspondent with Travel Zoo, join us once again to discuss how travel has and will continue to change post-pandemic and some of the travel trends that have emerged due to COVID-19. Hi, Susan. Hi. I can't remember the last time we chatted. I think it was uh, during this pandemic, but uh, here we are. We'll, we're still in the middle of it. And I know it's uh, hard to predict what uh, what you think travel will look like post-pandemic, or say even six months from now, but let's try. <laughs> let's see what yeah. we can look at our crystal ball. What's it going to be like when uh, people can travel again? I think it's going to be a real boom. I mean, one person put it to me this way. If you're looking at like uh, an expensive pair of boots or a, a weekend away, now you're going to choose that weekend away. Maybe two years ago you would have chosen the boots. Um, you know, Travel Zoo surveyed our members and found that 81% of them say they've gained a greater appreciation and lust for travel since the pandemic began. So when we can return safely to travel, I think people are going to go about it with an all-new gusto. And I think vaccines are going to play a big part uh, in travel down the road. Do you see uh, any sort of uh, kind of legislation or proof of a vaccine as mandatory for entering a foreign country, say? You know, that's a really interesting question. And you you do hear a lot of different reports about new technology being developed so that people can have that proof kind of on their phone. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I think that, you know, moving forward, we're likely to see these um, kind of changes happening all the time to meet the needs of uh, current and future travelers so people can travel safely. But of course, as vaccines, um, you know, become more widely available and universal around the world, uh, the need for that sort of thing is hopefully going to diminish. Mm -hmm. But I do think we're going to see, you know, flexible booking policies, competitive rates going on as, um, you know, hoteliers and tour companies recognize that uh, flexibility is still really important to people going forward. Yeah, have we set kind of a precedent now on some of the things like people expecting now that they have flexibility on bookings and, and some of the other things that are that are emerging? Certainly. Like at TravelZoo, we are only publishing flexible deals that are either fully refundable or uh, have the option that you can like buy a, for a low price uh, the option to change. So people can get refunds if they choose not to travel or they can change their travel dates because consumers want that. And I think, you know, I, I think the, the, the sticking point is always airfare because those those once you've booked your flights, those can be harder to change. But companies that do offer flexible booking policies are going to see, you know, I think a bump from that. And I think consumers really want that going forward. And, of course, there's always been the option to buy insurance that allows you to make changes. I think that that is something that consumers should be looking for as well. Mm -hmm. What other trends have you seen uh, with your members? Well, the big thing is bucket list travel. Um, You know, 65 percent, 64 percent of our members told us they're interested in taking a bucket list vacation in 2021, because if we've learned anything, it's that you don't want to put it off. 
So we're seeing that in reflected in the deals that people are buying now for future travel, like high sales of exotic offerings, like deals for like the islands of Tahiti or overwater bungalows in the Maldives, or, you know, we have like a five-star hotel in Bangkok, Thailand. Like people are going for these um, bucket list experiences more than ever. There's just also an interest in kind of the wider open spaces as well, like places that are going to allow you to uh, social distance naturally, like, you know, um, obviously you've got you've got your your ski hills and mountains uh, right nearby uh, in BC. They've got Whistler. Um, people are going to places where they can basically, you know, social distance naturally. And I think so. Some of those ski hills are going to be real four season destinations more than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. What, what about accommodations? Are you seeing any trends that people are looking uh, for that? Yes, people are very concerned about um, you know hygiene and uh, the. Hoteliers have really responded to that. We're going to see that continuing, that kind of emphasis on a safe guest experience and a safe working environment, you know, for staff as well, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I think that basically the social distancing things that have been built in, the automatic things like being able to check in using your phone, those will continue. Uh, even once the pandemic is under control, the new norms around hygiene, I think, are going to continue across all areas of the industry. Attention to space and cleanliness mm-hmm. is going to be a big deal for people. I think in general, the travel industry, like the hotels, the airlines, have done a really good job of, of doing all that. Yeah, I've stayed in a few hotels since the pandemic began just for necessary travel. And I've been really impressed with the way things have been set up to keep you safe in the in the elevator, during check-in, at restaurants. It's 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 really gives you a sense of security. And, and if, for people who haven't been out there, I think they'll be surprised when they go out just how safe they might feel. Mm-hmm. Well, here's hoping for better times ahead. Susan Caddo is a travel correspondent with Travel Zoo. You can find out all kinds of information on their website, TravelZoo.com. Always fun to chat, Susan. Thank you. Great talking to you, Randy. Well, if you're looking for a unique experience for a day trip or spend a few nights at, there's a place that fits the bill located just about 45 minutes southeast of Calgary. It's called Aspen Crossing. There's so much to do there from train tours to camping to spending a night in a caboose cabin, which I think would be lots of fun, that I'm not sure we'll get to at all. But uh, to tell us all about it is Sandy McNeil. She's the general manager of Aspen Crossing. Their website is aspencrossing.com. Hi, Sandy. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Tell me how Aspen Crossing came about and and where it got to be today. Aspen Crossing is the uh, the dream of our owner Jason Thornhill, and um, as a uh, little kid, his dad would put him on his shoulders and he'd wave to the, the the train going by on the on the family the family farm the family property. So as he was getting older, he has his degree in horticulture. He started Aspen Crossing off as a nursery farm. Then it grew into a campground. Then it grew into buying, um, purchasing railway track and uh, buying trains and having train excursions, um, moving an old heritage home onto the property to have our tavern. Um, and now it is this very large organization that offers many, many things and uh, it is a wonderful place to come down and visit. We've uh, in business over a decade, over a decade now. 
Cool. Well, I am okay. looking at your web- website, aspencrossing.com, and you're right. So we only have about 10 minutes. I don't know if we'll get it all in, but I wanted to start <laughs> with the accommodations because you have a campground and you also have, and I think this would be really cool because I'm a big railway buff too, your caboose cabins. So tell me about the caboose cabins. Oh, the caboose cabins are lovely. Um, people are always walking in the campground. Can we take a look in? And I'm like, well, they're, they're, they're booked right now, unfortunately. But during the cleaning, we'll try and get you in to take a look. Um, so we have the Union, which is our first one. It's bright yellow right beside um, our campground store. And then the second one is the Northern. It's a beautiful blue color, larger, has a king-size bed. Our Canadian is a red one, and you can actually sleep up in the cupola, which is wonderful. They're like staying in a hotel. They're fully stocked. You have um, your fire pit, your firewood. You have a beautiful gas barbecue. Um, The Canadian has a shower inside in a queen-size bed. All of your utensils, fire starter. So it's great. You can um, have family reunions in them. There's a nice little green space in between all three. And hopefully next year we'll have another caboose already renovated and the track is there. So then we'll have four to rent. But they they are so fun to stay in. But literally, like a hotel. Nice. there. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine they get booked up pretty quick, do they? They do, but we do have some really good deals during the week. So last um, last month we had a writer come in, and he stayed in there during the week to uh, finish up his novel, wow. which was uh, was wonderful, and he just loved it. And there's a couple of beautiful owls that um, if you're an early bird and you like to have your coffee about you know six thirty in the morning, you will be able to get some wonderful photos of um, of our owls that nest there. Cool. Well, now, talk, now tell me about the campsite. So obviously you can stay there for a few days or you can just do a day trip if you want. Oh, yeah, you can definitely. We have lots of clients that come out and have um, our pizza, our homemade pizza at the tavern and drive back to the city. We're only 45 minutes southeast of Calgary and there's lots of different routes you can uh, you can take. 540, highway 547 or Highway 24, and you look in the rearview mirror, and you can, on a clear day, the mountains are just stunning. Mm. Um, you can walk around in the summer. We have the goats, and we have the chickens. Lots of the kids <laughs> from the campground like to come and feed the chickens in the morning. That's a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have Paquito Pond. So you can walk down to Paquito Pond, which is a really nice little trail. And with our new campground expansion um, this year, we have the lagoon. So you'll be able to uh, sit on the beach and uh, swim. And so we're very excited about that. So tell me a bit about what people need to know about your campsite. They just need to uh, go on to uh, AspenCrossing.com, book in, and come and enjoy. You'll have a wonderful time. We have a new campground store opening this uh, year, so we'll have hard ice cream and Slurpees. Um, We have 30-amp, 50-amp. We have no service as well. Um, The Thornhill Loop uh, has lots of trees. It's a very mature campground. And then uh, the, the Miner's Loop, pardon me, the Miner's Loop, is the mature campground and the new campground is Thornhill Loop. And come July, we should have another 50 additional sites. So if you're on the website and you can't find a site, give us a call. We'll be able to try and fit you in. But hopefully by late summer, we'll have another 50 sites. Awesome. The train excursions now. Tell me about those because you got a, a number of different ones, right? 
We have a variety of train <laughs> excursions, and you can also rent them out for like a corporate function or a wedding. We had a wedding last year on the train, and it was beautiful with all COVID-related uh, um, uh, precautions in mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, wine and cheese. We have our traditional just come on the train, and there's a train robbery uh, this year we'll be utilizing some horses with some neighboring cowboys, which is going to be great. <laughs> We're very community-minded at, at Aston Crossing. Um, uh, Sunday brunch is a big hit. So 11 a.m., get on the train. You get served a beautiful brunch and some lovely Prosecco. Um, see the beautiful prairies. And then we have our conductors come on, and they give you a little bit of history of our railway track, nice. um, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But all of those, COVID right now, they're not up on the website, but as soon as Alberta Health says we're good to go, we're going to put them on the website and you can purchase them online. Uh, let's go back into pre-COVID times. What were some of the more popular uh, train excursions that booked up quick so people are looking on your website, uh, they might want to jump on those fast? The, the, the Sunday brunch. The Sunday brunch is a big one, the wine and cheese. And then we have a Friday night special where we have a barbecue, um, spare ribs and um, pan fried potatoes. It's in the evening on a Friday night. That one sold out really well, too. Uh, something I didn't know, and it's on your website, uh, escape rooms. What is that? Oh, the escape rooms are in the tavern, so they're upstairs. That's our heritage home, the Burquest House, which was moved from a farm in Carsland over to uh, Aspen Crossing. So there's three different escape rooms up there with three different themes, and um, right now they're closed due to COVID, but you can book online, and then you can book which theme that you want. Oh, and you fun. try and break You try and break out of the room. So <laughs> it's a nice thing to do maybe when it's raining in the campsite and, um, you know, a golfer because there's several golf courses around us, um, it's a cool thing to do. Um, let's talk a bit about the COVID protocols. What do you have in place now? And obviously when things open up uh, down the road, uh, things will get better, right? Well, we have we have lots of precautions in place and follow Alberta Health Services uh, rules to the T. We have a really good relationship with our health inspector. So last year, uh, for example, in the campground, um, we would go around on the gator telling everyone, now remember, your, <laughs> your, um, your campground seats your, uh, have to be six feet apart. And we had walking sticks so people could do a stick <laughs> and know that they were six feet apart. That was really great. People actually wanted to buy them, Randy. I was like, <laughs> um, okay, sure. Um, but no, no, no. We, everything's disinfected and sanitized. And this is our, this is the second year going into COVID. So the staff and our team members, they're just old, old shoes about this. They know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's becoming, um, people are getting used to, you know, wearing the mask and the social distancing and all those types of, of things. Uh, what do you, know, you mentioned golf. What are some of the other activities there in the area that people like to do? Oh, there's several there's several golf courses around. There's horseback riding right beside us um, at the R&R t- uh, Retreat Ranch. Uh, Amanda and Daryl, you can go over and get massages there and then go for trail rides. Oh, and there's lots of markets around. Like you can go to the Saskatoon Farm is very close to us as well. They do a lovely job. You can go to the Vulcan uh, Museum in Vulcan. That's a fun trip to do. Awesome. Trek. We're actually hoping to do a Star Trek train with them in the future. So really excited about that. That would be lots of fun. I would imagine mm-hmm. um, people, if you're, if you're camping, you would probably take advantage of some of the train excursions as well and kind of, you know, spend a couple days, do an excursion and then explore the area. Is that what most people do when they're there? 
Oh, for sure. And then a lot of people just come out. It's, it's, it's a beautiful campground just to relax, just to relax and uh, unwind, and especially in those cabooses. Um, there's lots to do on, on the property, like we've um, like we've just chatted. But it is a wonderful southern Alberta and southern southeastern Alberta is a wonderful community. And just taking a nice little country drive, you'll be surprised at the things that you'll see. Because we you- also um, have the grain elevators close, so lots of people like to go see the old grain elevators. And we have three train excursions that actually stop at the grain elevators, and you get a little history lesson about them. Well, there's not many of those standing anymore. Um, no, so what's, <laughs> what's the general feedback? Do you get a lot of repeat customers? We do. And it's funny, we're just um, gathering some data, especially over this past COVID year, of how many um, repeat campground clients that we have. I don't have that data for you, Randy, but we do have a lot of fantastic campers that um, have been with us for several, several years. And I have to say, Alberta campers, they are the nicest, kindest people in the world. (laughs) Uh, Anything that I missed you might want to add? We're just really grateful that you thought of us and... uh, yeah, come on out because you'll be surprised when you... Most people, when they're in Aspen, say, we didn't know you were here. We didn't know you had this. We didn't know this. And so it's pretty It's pretty amazing. And every year we grow a little bit more. But at the end of the day, we're a family-based business and, and, and we love to see people happy. And we love to see them come down and share that happiness with us. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Sandy McNeil is the general manager of Aspen Crossing. Lots of info on their website, aspencrossing.com. Com. It was uh, fun chatting with you, Sandy. Here's to a good summer. Oh, thank you so much, Randy, and all the best to you. Well, there's been a steady increase in the interest of Indigenous tourism in recent years, so joining us now to discuss that interest and learn about a few of the places to visit around Alberta is Shay Bird. He is the CEO of Indigenous Tourism Alberta. Their website is indigenoustourismalberta.ca. Hi, Shay. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well, thank you. Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, rise in interest in Indigenous tourism. Anyways, it seems to me there's been a rise in interest in Indigenous tourism over the years. Uh, how has it grown in your eyes? Absolutely, yeah. We've seen a incredible growth with Indigenous tourism, both within Alberta and across the country, for that matter. Um, you know, pre-COVID, it was actually the fastest-growing sector within the tourism industry across the country. So, um, you know, we're seeing demand levels from both domestic markets at one in four individuals looking for that Indigenous tourism experience to as high as one in three uh, on average with those international markets. Um, So we are seeing incredible demand for Indigenous tourism and uh, that demand seems to be growing as as the days go by, especially with the the current environment and the current uh, increased appetite for cultural understanding for people, uh, you know, throughout Alberta, but also across the country. You know, we're seeing that interest of and wanting to understand and also just find that deeper connection to you know the indigenous people of this land and the earth and uh connection to each other 
from more of a holistic perspective. So overall, it's it's an incredibly high demand and increasing um, product for the tourism industry across the country and within Alberta. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you touched on it, but I was going to ask anyway, how much you rely on international visitors versus domestic? I think the uh, domestic uh, people, or I'm going to say Canadians, are catching up with the international uh, people, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. You know, within Alberta, a, a large percentage of our tourism GDP is actually from the domestic resident um, or even the Alberta resident. Um, but that being said, you know, the Alberta traveler and the Canadian traveler, when they're traveling within their own country, spend a lot less than the international traveler. So although the Canadian traveler is the majority of travelers we see within Alberta, um, you know, the variance is actually much greater when we look at the actual spending that's happening within Alberta, which is why the international traveler has such a high value to our, uh, you know, economy and economic recovery as we move forward is because just on average, they spend so much more. Um, but, you know, we're, we are seeing interest both from the domestic side and the international side. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're uh, past a year now into uh, the uh, COVID pandemic. I'm not going to get into the details of, of um, you know, the specifics of how you were making sure people are safe. I think people are kind of getting used to wearing masks and all those things. Let's do a bit of a tour instead around the province and highlight some of the places that people can visit that they may not know about. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, I just want to highlight something that's really unique to uh, a lot of our Indigenous tourism experiences are the fact that a lot of them are these small group intimate experiences so for our members across the province and you know the indigenous experiences throughout alberta uh you know adapting to health and safety regulations was um you know something that was quite accessible because you know we were already in these small groups so a lot of our members have already implemented these health and safety precautions for their visitors which makes it a safe environment to travel and have some of these experiences, which is great. So, you know, you know Indigenous Tourism Alberta, we are really, um, we're broken up into our four regions. So South, Central, North, and the Rockies. So, you know, starting in the South, we have some incredible experiences. Um, you know, such a variety. I'm just going to start with Moonstone Creation. They are an incredible Indigenous-owned artisan um, gallery and shop that they provide uh, you know, either in-house made in authentic Indigenous artisan work or also other artisan work from across the province within Alberta. And they're located just in the heart of Calgary. And then we have, you know, something a little bit more on the outdoorsy side with um, Drift Out West Fly Fishing, which is also based in Calgary. And they do, you know, fly fishing right in the city, in the Bow River. You know, you, you wouldn't know you're in the middle of the city because you're surrounded by these uh, incredible landscapes and then you know they also bring in that cultural significance into your experience and teach you about the importance of you know the river and the water and what that significance is to uh, Quinn and his culture the owner mm-hmm. do they teach me how to you know properly you know throw a fly <laughs> they teach uh, me the technique <laughs> yeah it's, it's for beginners to advance yeah there's no issue there so they'll teach you the basics as well <laughs> uh, let's move into a little bit of uh, Central Alberta. Yeah, Central. We have some some awesome but uh, experiences within the Central. But you know, one highlight I'd say is is Painted Warrior. Uh, they're such a really interesting uh, operator that does everything from archery to 
um, you know, teaching outdoor skills like survival training. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also another thing that we're seeing actually growing in that demand is just learning the, uh, the more the survival side of things and, you know, traditional medicines and the plant walks and those type of things. So um, Painted Warrior has some incredible landscape as well with their uh, canvas wall tents and doing overnight experiences. So that's a that's a one of the highlights in, in the central uh, region of our province. Tell me a little bit about Wild Horse Ranch and Outfitters. That sounds like fun. Yeah, they're a really cool operator that um, they do, you know, horseback riding and they have a beautiful setting as well. And then obviously tying back into that traditional culture as well. Uh, let's move over to the Rockies, one of the four areas. Uh, and by the way, people can find all this information on your website, indigenoustourismalberta.ca. Uh, it's uh, nicely laid out by uh, um, the four areas. But uh, what can we experience in the Rockies that people uh, may not know about? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the Rocky Mountains are such a sought-out destination, and we have some really incredible, uh, you know, Indigenous tourism offers within it. We'll start on the south side with, you know, the Banff area and the Kananaskis area. And we have companies like Mexican Trails that does medicine walks uh, within within that region um, and teaches you about the, the significance of the Indigenous uh, people and how, you know, their their history with, you know, the, the Rocky Mountains and navigating those ways before uh, those places were, say, the national parks and those type of things. And then moving into the north side in the Jasper area, we have uh, a company called Warrior Women that does traditional storytelling and fireside chats and some really beautiful drumming and singing. And, you know, I was actually fortunate enough to have this experience with them uh, in a very safe uh, manner last weekend when I was in Jasper. And we, we did some traditional fireside chats and we actually made some um, sa- or some cedar bundles as well for smudging. And it was just a really incredible experience. And then, again, another one that we have uh, in Jasper area is Jasper Tour Company, which, um, you know, Joe, the owner, he's so incredible. He's such a storyteller, and he really shows Jasper with that Indigenous lens and tells you about that history and how we're all connected through the Athabasca River, um, but also does his wildlife viewing. And I don't know, it's something about him, but he knows how to pull in all the animals. So he always (laughs) sees some really incredible animals when you're with them. Uh Um, these are uh, guided tours, most of them that you're talking about. Um, can you just book them right on your website? Uh, not on our website, but our website is really the, um, the conduit to all these operators. So you can go and you can search the region or, you know, things to do in the, uh, the interest and you can click the operator and that operator will, it'll go right to their website and mm-hmm. then you can either book through their website or send them an email directly. All their contact information is there. Let's, uh, let's explore the north now. What's uh, exciting to see uh, in northern Alberta? Absolutely, yeah. We have some incredible stuff. Again, more art galleries. We have places like the Grant Bird Gallery. Um, we have a really incredible culinary experience, actually, in Edmonton called Pepe Chow, um, which, you know, they do catering and some, uh, actually, right now, they're doing some virtual Indigenous cooking lessons, which has been an incredible way to really adapt to the current environment with COVID. Um, in addition, we have Hideaway Adventure Grounds, which is, you know, more that rustic and connected with the outdoors experience and also teaching those survival skills. Um, and then also within that Kikino area, uh, we have Silver Birch Resort, which has these incredible accommodations, these cabins, they can take you out 
fishing and uh, they're also developing some really amazing cultural experiences with that. And then again, we also have, you know, River Cree Resort and Casino in Edmonton that hosts a variety of accommodation, but also the casino and events that happen uh, over on Enoch Cree Nation. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds uh, very exciting. Uh, are these mostly seasonal operations or do they operate uh, year round? It really depends on the operator. We have, you know, many operators that actually are year round. Um, and we have some that have tr- transitioned during this COVID time to create a year round experience. You know, the, the, top one that comes to mind is Métis Crossing uh, up in Smoky Lake, which is just about an hour and a half northeast of Edmonton. And before they were doing seasonal experiences, but now they have this beautiful cultural uh, building and they're actually creating accommodations out there now as well. But they've adapted all their offerings to offer year-round experiences. So, um, you know, it really depends on the operator, but, you know, we're seeing a shift in the time to actually um, adjust our business models with a lot of our members with, you know, the downtime with COVID and creating more and more year-round experiences, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what do you hope your visitors take away with them when they visit an Indigenous tourism site or tour? I, I think it's really just, you know, creating a better understanding of the Indigenous culture and the Indigenous worldview. I I think, you know, there's still a lot of education out there that needs to happen across the country and, you know, within Alberta and the residents on, you know, what that Indigenous culture and that Indigenous worldview looks like. And also just to take away some some reflection of yourself and, you know, taking that Indigenous lens and that perspective and then using that to reflect uh, your own perspective on life and and the connection to the land and just really have a, a very intimate experience and and create more of that connection um, and cultural understanding from both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shea Bird is the CEO of Indigenous Tourism Alberta. Lots of info on indigenoustourismalberta.ca. Here's to uh, a great spring and summer and fall. Well, a great 2021. How's that, Shea? (laughs) Amazing. No, thank you for that. I appreciate the time. And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.